Chapters 8 through 12 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 The History of Abba Ammon, the Father of Egyptian Monasticism. Concerning the blessed man Ammon, he used to say he became a monk in this wise. When he was a young man and was about twenty-two years old, he was left an orphan by his parents. His father's brother wanted to give him a wife, and because he was unable to resist the counsel of his uncle, he was compelled by force to marry one, and to fasten the crown of bridegrooms upon his head, and to take his seat in the marriage chamber, and to fulfill everything according to the law of the marriage feast. Now Ammon submitted to everything outwardly, but after every one had gone forth, having put Ammon and his wife to bed in the marriage chamber, the blessed man rose up and shut the door and seated himself. And he called to the true and blessed woman his spouse and said unto her, Henceforth thou shalt be my lady and my sister. Come therefore, and I will relate unto thee concerning a matter which is more excellent than marriage. The marriage which men contract is a perishable thing. But let us choose for ourselves the marriage which perisheth not, and the marriage feast which never endeth. Let us each sleep alone, for in this wise we shall please Christ. And let us guard the glory of our virginity unspotted, so that we may take our rest at the marriage feast which is incorruptible. Then he took out a book from his bosom, and read to the maiden passages which were uttered by the apostles and by our Redeemer, and since she had no knowledge of the scriptures, he added unto their words from his own divine mind, and he read many passages unto her, and talked much to her concerning virginity and purity, and at length, by the grace of Christ, she was persuaded. Then she answered and said unto him, Master, I know well that a rule of life of purity is very much more excellent than marriage. Therefore, whatsoever pleaseth thee, that do. And I also from this time forth will be persuaded to do whatever thou wishest to do. Then Amun said to her, I beg and entreat thee to let each of us from this time forth dwell alone. But she would not agree to this, and said, Let us live in the same house, and let each of us have a separate bed. So they dwelt together holily in the same house for eighteen years. In the morning Ammon used to go forth and passed the whole day in cultivating the balsam trees, which he had in his garden. Now the balsam tree is like unto the vine, and must be planted and pruned and cultivated, and it demandeth great attention. And in the evening he entered into his house, and recited his prayers, and then he ate with her. And he also rose up to say the praises or hymns of the night. And as soon as the dawn had come, he would depart to the garden. Now as they were doing these things, they both removed themselves from passions, and attained unto impassibility, and the prayers of Abba Ammon helped his wife, and at length the blessed woman said unto him, Master, I have something to say unto thee. If thou wilt hearken unto me, I am convinced that for God's sake thou lovest me. The blessed man said unto her, Tell me what thou wishest to say. And she said unto him, it is not right, seeing that thou art a God-fearing man, and one who liveth a life of righteousness, and that thou hast also made me outwardly to yearn for this path of life. And by the help of divine grace I have gotten purity to live with me. 
it is not good that for my sake thou who dwellest with me in purity for our lord's sake should hide the spiritual excellence of thy philosophy for it is not seemly that thy fair deeds should be hidden and should not be known let thy dwelling be apart from me and thus thou shalt benefit many then ammon praised god and said unto her o lady this mind is beautiful and if it be acceptable unto thee do thou remain and abide in this house in peace and i will go and make another for myself and having gone forth from her ammon departed and entered into mount nitria where as yet the monasteries were not numerous indeed up to that time there were no monasteries at all there and he built himself a habitation there and dwelt therein for two and twenty years and having attained unto the highest practice of the labors of the ascetic life he ended his days that is to say the holy man ammon went to his rest and slept when he was sixty-two years of age twice in the year he used to go and see his spouse and he died in his virginity and his wife likewise brought the years of her life to an end in purity now the following wonderful thing is told concerning him by the blessed athanasius bishop of alexandria in the book which he composed about the life and deeds of the blessed anthony once when he was about to cross the river which is called the wolf with theodore his disciple he was ashamed to take off his clothes lest he might see the nakedness of his person and being doubtful in his mind literally thoughts how he should cross over wonder fell upon him and through an angel he crossed the river without any boat whatsoever on his part it was the same ammon who saw the blessed man anthony who lived and died in such wise that his soul was taken to heaven by angels and was he who passed over the waters by the might of the holy spirit now as concerning this river which is called the wolf i myself was once in great fear when i was crossing it in a boat because it is filled with the overflow of the waters of the nile chapter nine the history of the blessed man hor now in mount nitria there was a certain man whose name was hor concerning whom men especially all the brotherhood testify to many of his triumphs and also that marvellous and excellent woman melha i e melina the handmaid of christ who went into this mountain before i did as for me i never became acquainted with this man and in his history they say this one thing he never told a lie in his life and he never used oaths he never uttered a curse and beyond what was absolutely necessary he never spoke at all chapter ten the history of the blessed man pombo died a d three ninety three in this mountain there also lived the blessed man pombo or pambus who was the teacher and master of the bishops dioscorus ammonius eusebius euthemius euthemius and origen the nephew of Dracontius, a marvelous man now this man pambo possessed the power to utter words of prophecy and splendid triumphs yet with all these he despised gold and silver even as the word demandeth now the following things concerning him were related unto me by the blessed woman melha i e melania 
When I first came from Rome to Alexandria, I heard concerning the life and deeds of Pombo, inasmuch as the blessed man Isidore, who also brought me unto him in the desert, told me about him. And I brought unto him a basket which was filled with stamped silver, i.e. coined money, three hundred pounds in weight, and I begged him to accept some of my possessions for his needs. He was sitting and plaiting the leaves of palm trees, and as he was doing this, he merely blessed me, and said, God give thee thy reward. Then he said unto his steward, whose name was Origen, Take and distribute this among all the brethren who are in the islands and in Libya. For these monasteries are exceedingly poor, and he commanded the steward not to give unto any man who dwelt in Egypt, for those who dwell therein have abundant means of subsistence. Now I stood there, and I expected to be treated with honor, or to be praised for the greatness of the gift. But when I heard nothing from him, I said unto him, Master, knowest thou how much money it is, and that there are three hundred pounds in the basket? Then Pombo, without lifting up his gaze, said unto me, My daughter, he unto whom thou hast offered thy money hath no need to know the weight. For he who weighed the mountains in a balance knoweth how much is the weight of thy silver. If thou hadst given the money unto me, thou wouldst have done well to have informed me concerning the weight thereof. But since thou hast given it to God, who did not despise the two mites of the widow, what need hast thou to tell him? Hold thy peace. How our Lord so directed that in the day on which I entered the mountain, this blessed man died without having been ill. For he died whilst he was sowing together palm leaves for mats, without fever and without sickness. And he was seventy years old. Now he was sowing together palm leaves for a mat, and coming to the end of it, he sent and called me. And when he had finished sowing it, he said unto me, Take this mat from my hands, so that thou mayest keep me in remembrance for I have nothing else whatever to leave thee. And having given it unto me, he straightway died. And I wrapped his body in linen swathings and buried him. And then I departed from the desert. And I shall treasure the mat as a sacred relic until the day of my death. Now at the time of the death of this holy man Pombo, there were standing before him certain famous men, Origen the priest and steward, and Ammonius, together with the remainder of the brethren, and they told me that at the time of his death, he said, From the day wherein I came into this desert and built this cell in which I have lived until this day, I know not that I have ever eaten the bread of idleness, or bread which did not come from the labor of mine own hands. And my soul repenteth not that I have ever spoken an empty word in my life. Thus I go to God like one who hath as yet not made a beginning in the fear of God and Origen and Ammonius, the servants of Christ, in telling us the story of his life, bore witness concerning him that he was never asked a question by any man about a saying from the book, or about the rules and labors of the ascetic life, which he did not either answer immediately or say, I have not as yet understood the matter. Now there were times when he spake these words only after three months' consideration of a matter, and he used to make answer with such understanding that every man received the things which were said by him with as great reverence as if they had been said by God. 
Now this excellence was also attributed to Anthony the Great, and to the rest of the holy men. Among other things which are said concerning the holy man Pombo is the following. The blessed man Pior once went to Pombo's cell, and took with him some bread, and Pombo made a complaint, saying unto him, Why hast thou done this? Then Abba Pior made answer, saying, Let this thing not be grievous unto thee. But Pambo was silent, and sent him away. And after some time, Rabba Pambo went to the cell of Abba Pior, and he took with him bread, which had been dipped in water. And being asked, Why hast thou done this? The blessed man Pambo said unto him, Let it not be grievous unto thee, that I have also dipped the bread in the water. Chapter 11 the history of the blessed Ammonius. Now this man Ammonius and his three brothers, i.e. Dioscorius, Eusebius, and Euthemius, who were called the tall brothers by Sozimon, and his two sisters were disciples of Rabba Pambo, and when they had attained unto perfection of divine life and conversation, they departed from the desert and founded two monasteries, I mean, one for men and one for women. But they placed the monastery of the women at a sufficient distance from that of the men, for Ammonius did not greatly love the intercourse of speech. It was for this reason that a certain city desired that he should be its bishop, and the people thereof drew nigh unto the blessed man Timothy, bishop of Alexandria, and entreated him to make the blessed Ammonius their bishop. And Timothy, who sat from 381 to 385, told them to bring Ammonius unto him, and he would make him their bishop. Then they took with them much people, and they went unto Ammonius to bring him. And when he saw them, he tried to find means to take to flight. But when he saw that he was unable to escape from them, he tried to persuade them with many oaths that he would not accept it. But he was unable to make them give up their intention. And when they would not be persuaded by him, he seized a razor and cut off his left ear at the root and said unto them, Now I am indeed persuaded that I cannot be that which ye are urging me to be. For the law also commandeth the man whose ear hath been cut off shall not draw nigh unto the altar. Leviticus 26.17 So they left him and went and informed the bishop, who said unto them, This law is observed among the Jews, but even if his nose was split and he had fine qualities, I would make him bishop. Then the people went to Ammonius again and entreated him to come. And when the pious man would not be persuaded by them, they wanted to take him and to make him come by force. But he said unto them, If ye do not leave me, I will also slit my tongue. And when they heard this, they left him and departed. Concerning this man, Ammonius, so wonderful a thing as the following is said whenever a carnal thought entered his mind he never spared his body but he would make a piece of iron hot on the fire and lay it upon his members so that they might always be in a state of wounds from his youth up his rule was as follows whatsoever had been cooked by fire he would never eat he could repeat the books of the old and new testaments by heart and he used to read also the books which were composed by excellent men, by Origen and by Didymus and by Perisius, and by Stephen containing about 10,600 sayings, 
Concerning this, the great fathers who lived in the desert bear witness. It is also said that this man possessed the power of foretelling events, and living in his cell, he was so great a comforter to the brethren who lived in the desert that no other man could be compared with him. Now the blessed Evagrius, who was clothed with the Spirit and was skilled in examining thoughts, used to say, I never saw any man who had attained more closely unto impassibility than Ammonius. Once a certain need of those who were dwelling in the desert called the blessed man Ammonius and Rufinius, who was at that time the prefect also, greatly persuaded him. And he went up to Constantinople, and with him there were also the holy bishops, and other monks who had come from various provinces to be present at the service of restoration of a certain martyrium which Rufinus had built, and Rufinus wished him to receive him after holy baptism at the service of restoration of the temple which he had built. And so the blessed man received him from the bishops who had baptized him. Thus, as was right, Rufinus paid to the blessed man Ammonius the honor which is due to a life of asceticism. And he used to listen to him in everything. And after a short time he died and was buried in the martyrium which is called the Martyrium of Rufinus. And many helpful acts took place at this grave on behalf of those who are worthy of help. Chapter 12. The History of the Blessed Benjamin. And there was also in the mountain of Nitria a marvelous man whose name was Benjamin, who attained to a high state of perfection in the ascetic life, for he had fasted and toiled for eighty years. Now he was held to be worthy of the gift of the craft of the physician, and from every wound or stripe upon which he had laid his hand, in which Christ blessed or gave him the power to heal. Straightway every pain departed, and this man, who was worthy of such a gift, collected water in his body for eight months before his death, and he was so much swollen that he might well have been called a second Job. And Dioscorus took him, that is to say, the blessed origin and himself, and said unto us, Come ye, and see a new Job, who, while suffering from such a severe disease of the body, as this healeth others, and Benjamin gave thanks concerning his affliction beyond measure, and glorified God continually, and his soul rejoiced, and was glad in the hope which it laid up for the saints. Now when we had gone and seen the swelling of his body, we found that it had become so large that a man could not with all his hand encircle one of his fingers, and being unable to look upon such a terrible affliction through disease, we turned away our eyes. Then the blessed man Benjamin said unto us, My sons, pray that the inner man may not collect water. Even when this my body was in health, it in no wise helped me, and now that it is sick, it is in no wise hindered me. Now during the last eight months of his illness, they made a broad chair for him, and he used to sit therein always, because he was not able to lie down upon the bed by reason of the necessity of his belly, and of the other members of his body. And whilst he himself lived in such suffering, through all his affliction, he was healing others. And it was for this reason that I am compelled to narrate to you concerning the affliction of this righteous man so that when such an affliction as this happeneth unto the righteous, we may not hold the matter to be hard. Now when this blessed man died, the whole of the framework of the doorway 
had to be removed to enable them to bring out his body from his cell, for his body was very large indeed. End of chapters 8 through 12